Okay, here's how Miro works. See, it's amazing. What's everyone doing at David's desk? Ever since marketing started using Miro's collaborative online whiteboard, he thinks all our other teams should sign up. Why? He says Miro's making his meetings disappear. And if every team gets on it, that means even less meetings. They're using Miro for brainstorms, mind maps, customer research. So could we use Miro instead of having another 100 meetings for every round of feedback? Yep. You can comment, react to ideas, even leave a recording on the board. And what about presentations? There are Miro templates for that. How do you know so much about Miro? I've actually been using it all along. I just used a Miro board to plan the best vacation. Okay, I'm on board. See how Miro users save up to 80 hours every year by meeting less and doing more. Get on board at Miro.com with three boards free forever. That's M I R O.com. 49ers general manager John Lynch speaks at the 2022 NFL Scouting Combine, talking Jimmy Garoppolo's injury, talking about what he's seen in young Trey Lance's development from year one. We've got some thoughts about the coaching staff and all the vacancies still on the 49ers staff heading into March now. All that and more coming up. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock and Eric Crocker with you at BD Peacock at Eric underscore Crocker. Those Twitter handles is where you can find us, get some questions in for the show. We've got some comments about uh, who some listeners think could be fill-ins for a year for Bobby Turner at the running backs coach spot for the Niners. But first, we got to talk about John Lynch and his comments at the Combine. Jimmy Garoppolo having surgery. How does that affect his trade value for the 49ers Lynch talking about uh, Trey Lance's development we've heard about some other teams maybe that are intrigued by Jimmy Garoppolo and potentially adding him to their organization Uh, even some comments about one of Trey Lance's former teammates that is a prospect that Croc and I both really like here uh, and his comments about Trey Lance too so we'll get to all that on today's program of course Croc though we got to talk about Trey Lance, Jimmy G, and John Lynch's comments about those guys. It, actually, even before we get to all that, how frustrating is the combine? It happens for like a week, but nothing happens yet. Can we get these guys on the field in <laughs> underwear and running around, right? Yeah, I mean, there, there are, you know, I'm trying to figure it out, right? I'm traveling to California this weekend, watch my son run on Saturday. And am I going to have to watch the combine on my phone? And it's like, it feels like it's been going on this whole time, but... You know, it's not even until I guess the the last group is the DBs, yep. and they are Monday, I believe. Yeah, this is the rundown. Thursday they finally hit the field. We'll get measurements and on field work from quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. Then Friday there will be measurements and drills for the offensive line, running backs. Then defensive line and linebackers is Saturday, and defensive backs, safeties, and corners are. Sunday to finish it up with those measurements and drills. So tomorrow's show will have some opportunity to talk about wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, those measurements, maybe what some drills look like. And I think we're going to do a live pod for the Friday morning show for the audio only listeners, but we'll go live on YouTube Thursday night, I think for yeah. that one. So you're going to want to check that out. We'll talk about what we saw from the first workouts there among the first commit uh, position groups that are working out. Um, 
Speaking of quarterbacks, though, um, Niners aren't interested in any of these rookie quarterbacks, or at least none of them that are going to be drafted anytime early. Maybe they could add a, a young backup for Trey Lance. But it sounds a lot like, judging by John Lynch's comments, that the Niners are on that path and they're going full steam ahead trying to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, even though he is having shoulder surgery and uh, have liked what they've seen from Trey Lance and are going full steam ahead with Trey Lance, the young quarterback. This was the quote, though, about Jimmy Garoppolo's injury from John Lynch. And he said, the shoulder, I never like saying, quote, minor when someone is having surgery, but it's a capsule issue in the back of his shoulder. You try to rehab, but if it doesn't go well with the rehab, then you try to go to the alternate route. And that's what they decided to do. So it's going to take some time, but he's going to be fine. We're so we are so fond of Jimmy. That's the situation is active. It's fluid. You're here. A lot of teams have interest in him and it's pretty obvious we put a lot into Trey Lance. So, yeah. So, so real quick, can we kill the narrative that Jimmy Garoppolo will be back as a 49er, at least for what John and Kyle want, right? It sounds like they're, they're trying to push him out the building. They're trying to figure out a good landing spot for him. It does not sound like these are guys that believe Jimmy Garoppolo will be back as report been reported by Ian, Ian Rappaport or uh, Adam Schefter. Oh, we don't know if he can be gone. It sounds like, nah, we're trying to figure it out. He's gone, but this injury has made it a little bit more difficult to get rid of him. Yeah, uh, Garoppolo's gone, and they're going to get some kind of return for him. Maybe the shoulder thing does affect what the return is and when they get that compensation and you know whatever stipulations are put on that trade but Jimmy G is absolutely gone and I think we can also squash the idea some fans have thrown out the the notion that uh, Jimmy G waited to have the surgery later to try to force the 49ers hands to get cut instead of traded so we can have a, more of a, a decision on on where to go and, and where to sign I call BS on that one because that makes Jimmy Garoppolo less money Jimmy Garoppolo wants to get traded and have that $27 million salary go right. with him to his new team, and then he can restructure from there. So none of that makes sense at all, and he still has a say in it and gets to decide because he's probably going to have to restructure wherever he goes, so he's going to need to be able to play ball wherever that is. And probably the teams that want to add Jimmy are going to be good teams, which would probably be all the same teams that he would have on his list to go to anyway. So uh, that's also, we can put that notion to rest. Do you think that cutting him is on the table? You know, if, if it's like they can't find any suitors because of this injury, maybe they really want this money uh, heading into free agency. Or is there a way to work around, <laughs> you know, planning on, oh, I know I'm going to have this $25 million available at some point. But like, no, you need that available for the start of free agency, right? I think, Ideally? I think cutting's not even possible because if you're having surgery, you can't pass a physical. And I don't think you can cut a guy who's injured like that either. So I don't think that's even well, a possibility you, unless there's an injury waiver or something that they would agree to. Saying. Yeah. If, if you could do a post June 1st and I think that kind of, if you designate it as, as that, mm -hmm. because remember there, there's just a certain time when you have to be under the cap. So if you let him go and designate it as like a post June 1st release, I think that it at the very least makes it to where once that happens, you know, and you, and you can be over the cap. I guess, up until that point. Yeah, and, you know, even if they really were up against it and had to do something with Jimmy, 
to get under the cap for a certain date, they could probably restructure some different contracts anyway and still get under even before they do the Jimmy thing. So I don't think it's going to be a big hurdle for the 49ers. And if they need to sign some free agents or something like that, then you know they would just take whatever the, the best offer is. And that they would already have an offer on the table. So they would make that happen. You know, whether it's a, you know, even if it's, you know, we, we heard someone maybe would offer a, a two fourth round picks. Look, you could probably trade uh, two fourth round picks and, and turn that into a third round pick. Third round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's the best offer you get. Niners have to take it. We've talked about how it'll probably be a day two pick anyway. So, um, yeah, the Niners will have an offer that they will be able to take if there was some sort of a deadline where they needed to get under the cap and they needed to make that happen for free agency. So uh, I just don't see any scenario at all where the 49ers would cut Jimmy Garoppolo. He'll get traded, and I think that trade will happen sometime in the next two weeks. I I know we've talked about just his trade value and things like that. I think everybody knows he gets hurt, but... It does feel a little weird, like, and we knew, like, there was potentially surgery that he was going to have, but God, just knowing he's hurt, I, I mean, that to me, that just drops it way down. I mean, just a few days ago, we were, we were kind of going back and forth, kind of role playing, and I was pretending to be the uh, Washington Commanders, and you know, talking about how, hey, this guy's going to help you do this, that, and the other, and this is why you need him, and you know, you'll be a playoff team with him, and and then this happens, and it's just like. Man, I, I, do you just take whatever you can get just to get that money off your books? Yeah, I think at, some, at a certain point you have to, and all you need is two teams to bid against each other, or at least one team to think that there is another bid somewhere and, and give you what you need. And judging by what we've heard about even lowball offers, I think the 49ers will be fine with it and they'll get it, and maybe they get a third instead of a second or whatever. And I've always said all along, they'll probably get around a second round pick. So uh, I think the 49ers will be fine. They'll make that trade. And I, on one hand... The injury stuff is important, and maybe that's why it's a conditional pick that the 49ers end up getting in 2023 instead of a 2022 pick. So I think I think the injury concerns would have already been there for a team, and as long as the prognosis here and their doctors will have a chance to put them through a physical and have seen how that surgery turned out and know that the prognosis is, yes, he's going to be ready in whatever, at the beginning of July, before training camp, and be ready to go and feel good about the shoulder, then it probably won't affect it all that much. And then on the other hand, the the flip side of that, value-wise, is it's partially why a team would really like Jimmy Garoppolo, because of the grittiness, because he'll play through pain, and they'll love that idea. I can totally see a coach just fired up about this guy who will play through pain, play through the playoffs, gut out some wins. And so I think in some ways... It works in Jimmy Garoppolo's favor value-wise, but obviously you'd rather have a healthy Jimmy G than, you know, one who just had surgery and can't throw until July. And, and you know, one last thing on that. I, I think you talked about a couple of different scenarios on him leaving and stuff. And I think one of the bigger reasons why he has to be gone is Trey Lance. Like, at some point, Trey Lance has to feel like, hey, this locker room is mine. And right now, it's it's like Trey Lance is the new boyfriend moving into the house, but the ex-boyfriend still sleeping on the couch. And it's like, no, yeah. like, dude, I need you out of here so I can feel like it's my home <laughs> right now. Dude. You know, Trey, that's kind of, he's de- he's dealing with that. The, the ex-boyfriend's still in the home. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's like uh, uh, the, the new guy moved in and they're like, what's going on with the gardener? You know, how why is he staying in the back house right now? And then uh, the <laughs> husband realizes what's going on. So you've got to get that divorce finalized. You got to move on, you know, so the, the, the new boyfriend can move in there. That's, uh, yeah, yeah, that's he's got to go. Jimmy's got to go. Because Jimmy has a, a, a stranglehold, you know, and, it, and yeah. it's one of those things where, you know, maybe the mom was in a bad relationship with the husband, but the kids love the husband. Like the kids love the guy. So it's like, no, you got to go. Cause we're in a bad relationship, but the kids are like, no, we don't want him to go. No, no, no. And they're not going to be okay until the, 
old husband or whatever is out of the house. And the new boyfriend has to prove himself to the kids who just love the ex-boyfriend. That's what that's what Trey Lance is, is dealing with. And the sooner Jimmy Garoppolo is gone, the, the sooner Trey Lance gets to, you know, put his imprint on this team, on the locker room, on the roster, and say, all right, you know, I'm the, I'm the captain now. And, uh, you know, prove why he can lead this team to potentially a championship. <laughs> Uh, I like how far you took that. What, what was the Jim Carrey movie where in the '90s where uh, he he gets divorced from his wife and then you know the new husband comes in and the new husband's trying to like pull out the claw and the kid doesn't like it. You know, it's not as cool as when dad used to do the claw. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. Of, it was yeah. that liar liar maybe. Oh, liar liar. There you go. That's what it was. Yep. Yeah. Liar liar. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, you, you got to get the you got to get the old boyfriend out of the house before you can bring the new boyfriend in. It, it's Trey Lance's time. Trey Lance is the dude. More on Trey Lance uh, comments about Trey Lance from his general manager, John Lynch, from a former teammate from North Dakota State, and a report about which teams are highly intrigued by Jimmy Garoppolo next. I'm getting pumped for the combine, Croc. I'm getting pumped for all the 40 times, all the, the bench pressing that's going on. Although, you know, to be honest, I think the bench pressing might be one of the most overrated things that happens at the combine. I think you need to see who, you need to see the skinny guys that put in time and pumped up a little bit of weight rather than the big guys that put up 40-something reps. Those guys don't ever turn out to be that great anyway. So, um, But <laughs> you can bet on all of those things. You can bet on if... That 49-rep bench press record will be broken this year. You can bet on whether John Ross's 4-2-2 40-yard dash record will be broken at betonline.net. Find all the combine props, NFL draft props there. Uh, highest vertical jump, 43-and-a-half. That is sky high. Uh, it, it, there's, there's tons of ways you can bet on football still, even though football season is over at betonline.net. Basketball as well. The tourney is coming up. Pro and college hoops. Betonline.net has lines and odds and player, player performance props for hockey, boxing, UFC, your favorite Vegas casino games as well so don't wait head on over to bet online which remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season as well mobile device your desktop learn more about the trends and action going on at bet online uh there is uh, really no end to things you can bet on and have tons of fun and yeah those poker blackjack come on betonline.net where the game starts by the way tons of videos and uh, great information from the crew that is there at the Combine from the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On NFL, uh, experts bringing you the biggest stories all around the league every Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. You can find Croc doing Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You can find me doing the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Daily. All of those pods are free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen right here on Locked On 49ers. By the way, okay, John. Real quick, Peacock. Okay, Uh, my guy Jason Aponte, he's there at the combine, and he asked John Lynch a really good question about Mike McGlinchey, where he's at with his recovery, and does he alter the draft plans in the sense of maybe you know drafting office alignment? And John Lynch, obviously, you know, he gave the political correct answer, but he did talk about you know how serious and severe the injury was that McGlinchey sustained and that, yeah, that is something that they kind of have to take into consideration. Yeah, it's a big one. If there's no guarantee that this expensive starting offensive tackle is going to be ready to play for you next year, 
you got to start making plans. You got to start making plans for 2022, and you got to start making plans for years down the road. So, uh, offensive tackle, a sneaky need for the 49ers. Be watching those workouts on what day did I say that was? I think Friday is when those uh, big men will hit the field. And actually, there's a pretty, there's a much bigger correlation, surprisingly, for 40 times for offensive linemen and how good they become in the NFL than like wide receivers and DBs. We just talked about all the bench wow. press stuff. See those big offensive linemen, defensive tackles that put up 40 plus bench press reps? Those guys aren't the best usually, usually NFL players, and there's outliers in all of this. But you look at the list of the top, let's see if I can find it really quick, uh, the top 40 times for offensive linemen. It's a better indicator than the fast guys, than wide receivers and corners for how good of players they become. Here is the top five 40 times since the year 2000 at the Combine for offensive linemen. Number one. Nice sample size as well. Large sample yeah, size. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, 2013, there was two guys, Teron Armstead and Lane Johnson. They ran 471 and 472, which is blazing for a 300-pound dude. Both <laughs> Pro Bowl players, right? Um Joe Staley is fourth on the list. He ran a 4.79 in 2007. Trent Williams, fifth on the list. He ran a 4.81 in 2010. Four out of the top five guys. The other guy was Bruce Campbell, ran a 4.75, and he was kind of a bust for the Raiders, um, but looked the part, right? Four out of five was like superstar offensive lineman. Four out of the top five. Where did Armstead come from? Did he come from a uh, HBCU? He came from, uh, yeah, smaller school and... It is escaping me right now. I will look it up because that's going to drive me crazy. He yeah. played at, yeah, I think he had like a big, um, he had a big week at like the Senior Bowl or something like that. And then he had these crazy workouts. Arkansas Pine Bluff is where he came from. Okay, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, which is about 30 minutes or so from me. But I, I remember when he was coming out and he ran the Blazing 40 time and all that and coming out of an HBCU. Okay, good, good for him. Yes. Yeah, that's crazy. Just, the, just how much the speed correlates at that position. All those guys, yeah. I mean, terrific. And if you take the top four out of five receivers uh, 40 times since 2020, I mean. Maybe one of them good. not even. Maybe, yeah, maybe none of them are good. You almost want the I sweet mean, who, spot. You want that like. The top guys. You want that low 4-4 four, four guy. I think that's like, because somehow you're just too tight if you run that fast, right? And you can't. I don't know I think what mid it is. Four, 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 like four, four, five, like give or take a little bit, but yeah. I, I think really kind of more so in that range. Yeah, uh, it, John Ross is is the fastest ever four two two. Um, Chris Johnson was good at four two four as a running back. Um, I don't have a list of the top forty times, but there's always that one corner that blazes four twos, low four threes. And, you know, it's a gunner on special teams or something. Is not a top guy, so it's really interesting. Right. And, and those workouts are going to be fun to watch this week. Um, I do want to talk about a report. Let's finish up the Jimmy G stuff because there was a report out here. Uh, sources this from Jordan Schultz. He said uh, Steelers and Commanders both highly intrigued by Jimmy G, according to sources. Pittsburgh offensive coordinator Matt Canada wants to deploy. RPO, which is not dissimilar to the offense Garoppolo ran with the Niners, he says. And then Ron Rivera not only believes his team can win now, but has over $30 million in cap as well. So Steelers and Commanders. And we've been talking about it. Like the Commanders is the team I projected Jimmy Garoppolo would go to. I think it makes a ton of sense there for a lot of different I think reasons. a lot of people have been saying Steelers as well. Mm -hmm. I think Steelers and Commanders are the two teams. And, I mean, obviously there's only so many teams that can – justify really going after Jimmy Garoppolo in the sense of where they are, you know, needing to win games right now, 
uh, you know, just it making sense with the current roster that they have. Those two teams, definitely, they're at the top of that list. I want to, in the final segment here, get to uh, some of the comments about Trey Lance. But first, let's talk about the running backs coach and just the assistant coach situation with the 49ers. What's your worry level? One to ten with the lack of assistance right now for the 49ers. They haven't filled wide receiver coach. They haven't filled running back running backs coach. Uh, they're uh, what is it? They're no offensive coordinator. Is it run game coordinator? What's going on here? Are you a little bit worried there? And uh, shout out to all the listeners. And I've seen two very common names come up a lot for people who think the next running backs coach for the 49ers should be a Frank Gore or B. Bring back Tom Rathman, who's already been a past running backs coach for the 49ers. What are your thoughts on those two? And what's your worry level about the lack of assistance right now going into March at the Combine? And uh, every team in the league's already gotten all their assistants locked up. And the Niners are sitting here with multiple coaching positions wide open. Not worried at all. (laughs) Not worried at all. Well, I think Kyle Shanahan at this point has a pretty good veteran team. And since the guys that know kind of what to expect and things like that, and the other reason why I'm not as worried is because Kyle Shanahan has done a really good job with promoting coaches within. So there's someone there that's been probably behind Jimmy Ray. That's his name, right? Jimmy Ray, the running back coach that's probably like retiring or whatever. Oh, but, uh, Bobby Turner. Uh, Bobby Turner. Bobby Turner, excuse me. Oh, you're going back away with uh, Jimmy yeah, Ray. You're going back away with Jimmy Ray. Yeah, Bobby Turner. Uh, and apparently he's not retiring. He's just taking one year off. So that's the other thing. Is like, are you going to bring back, you're not going to bring in some superstar running backs coach and then be like, oh, yeah, after a year, you're gone again. And here comes Bobby Turner. But Bobby Turner is 70 years old. It's, there's no guarantee he's coming back from, <laughs> you know, from this. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, I, they, they, Kyle has done a really good job of identifying coaches that he can promote from within. So from that standpoint, I don't think that things like that matter, uh, even especially at the running back position where you do have a, a coach that you just made, your assistant head coach of the team, and Anthony Lynn. He's a former running back coach. I think they'll be fine there. He'll probably do some work with the running backs. And then, you know, the other reason why is just because, dang, I forgot what my other reason why, but I know I had a third, third reason. I mean, I do, so far, one of the best skills Kyle Shanahan has displayed is the ability to to identify and develop assistant coaches like he, he finds good coaches and those coaches go on to other big things so um, I'm not super worried about it but man I mean you're gonna have some really young coaches getting promoted if all you're if you're just gonna start pushing up all these quality control guys then you need to find another group of young quality control guys you're gonna have a bunch of 22 year olds on your yeah but they're 25 been, year olds right, on your like, coaching he, staff Look at who might if if you say okay we know right receiver they need to address that receiver coach position running back we knew they they Anthony Lynn he's done that Hankerson played several years in the NFL and also played under Kyle Shanahan and probably has been uh you know involved with the receiver position you, you know I remember what I was gonna say now when you look at it if you go to a 49ers practice there's a million coaches everywhere and there's guys that have their eyes on specific things and just help and maybe they don't have the title as quote-unquote receiver coach. Remember, Miles Austin was there. Miles Austin, he didn't have receiver coach in his title, but he was right there, hands-on with all the receivers with Wes Welker. So, yeah, I'm not worried. There's somebody, whoever gets promoted, I can guarantee this won't be the first time that they've worked with those players, except for Anthony Lynn, who's coming from a different team. And previously, he has running back coach-specific experience, as well as head coach, office coordinator, and all that. Help me out here, Croc. And... Like, what exactly is a wide receivers coach doing? And you you get some college prospects coming in. If you're 21 years old, 22 years old, you've been playing wide receiver your whole life. 
There's only nine routes on the route tree. Like, how hard is it? It's Here, not. It's here's not, the play. It's not the here's, Run a stinking slant, right? Run a dig route. We, we need it at X number of yards. Run the route. How hard is it? How can receivers come out of the draft and be like, this guy can only want, run three routes? How's that even possible? Yeah, no. I, so a lot of times it's what they were asked to do, right? They were only asked to do a certain amount of route tree. Remember DK Metcalf coming out, everything was vertically pushing. And it wasn't just because it was DK Metcalf. Like that was literally just their offense. And even with AJ Brown being in the slot, he just ran some overs and slants. Like he didn't do a whole lot either from a route tree perspective. Uh, NFL coaches, really, a lot of it is getting them ready mentally and under, you know, the plays, understanding the depth, uh, getting those guys to understand, you know, hey, when you hear this, you got a motion over and all that. Like the development happens from the mental aspect of it before practice. They'll do some early outs. They'll do some things where they, you know, work releases. Some things that kind of create good habits or keep the good habits going. But it, there's not a lot from like, hey, I got to teach you how to run a route at the top of your route and all this and the other. I think guys have off-season trainers for a lot of that stuff. The, the coaches, Hankerson, Hankerson will be there to help develop these guys mentally. And whatever it is, the offensive coordinator wants to relay to the receivers, the receivers coach. That's his responsibility. Get those guys ready for game day. Let's talk Trey Lance. Let's talk the future of the San Francisco 49ers. John Lynch talking about the young quarterback. One of his ex-teammates talking about the young quarterback. This from John Lynch. He said on Lance's development, we're loving the development from Trey. Trey had an outstanding first year. A lot of people say, how can you say that? He barely played, but the development was tremendous. I think Kyle found a lot of ways to develop him without playing a ton of football on Sunday, and I think the fact that he got some action and got to get a taste of it was great, and I loved watching him better in those games. I tell people he's everything we thought he was when we traded a lot to go get him and more. I really believe that. There's a ton of excitement. Of course, there's some unknown there always is in this game, but Trey's made of the right stuff, both talent-wise and in his spirit, who he is and the intangibles. Guys like playing for him, guys like being around him, we're certainly excited to see what he can do. And I think that was one of the big things and why the 49ers ended up landing on Trey Lance. The, the physical ability was there, the height, weight, speed. He's got a big arm. But they believed in the human being. They believed in the guy from the neck up. And yeah, he was raw, and you wouldn't expect a player like him to be ready to go in year one, but he's got to get reps now. It's time for him to play. He had a chance to watch. He got a chance to play a little bit in year one, and now it's going to be up to him. How bad does he want it? How does he develop? Uh, I'm excited to see what Trey Lance turns into in this offense, and I think John Lynch is is telling the truth when he says that uh, that he's been everything they thought he was and more. That's not just GM speak. Right, and you know, I think he is heading in the right direction, and it's tough, man. He's in a, a, a situation where the expectations now are so high, and, and I feel like there's a certain group of people that want to see – they're not really giving Trey Lance a chance. They want to see him kind of fail just so they can say, I told you so, or, oh, you should have taken this guy over that guy, or you should have st- kept Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm. You know, And it's really weird that – uh, to see a young guy not really have like the support from a fan base because of a previous quarterback. And, you know, it's good. It's good to see his, his uh, general manager, the guy that drafted him, 
support him. Obviously, he's you know supposed to. What is he gonna say? Right. But I, I think he's right in the sense of hey, a lot of upside. And you know he talked about it. You know you can only hope he's Patrick Mahomes or anything close to that. But yeah, that's why you draft the guy number three overall, yeah. high upside. Hope he has the mindset to do that. And like John Lynch said, he's made up of the right stuff. And that wasn't just coach speak. This guy really is made up of the right stuff. Yeah, he's not going to – it will be funny, but, yeah, he's not going to say, oh, well, we screwed up that pick, so we're kind of scrambling right now. Uh, we're going we're gonna to draft this zappy kid because uh, Trey Lance is no good. I, I did love the part where um, John Lynch talked about – shout out to Javi, who joined us on the show last week and, and leaked some practice footage of, of Trey Lance. And uh, yeah. John Lynch talked about it. He said, some of that video somehow got out there on the internet. Uh, he definitely had his wow moments. You could see the development – the confidence you're on the scout team. Oftentimes you're asked, Hey, go ahead and throw this ball in there. Um, and, but then he would, he would, and it would still get in there. I think he attacked it the right way. I keep talking about his mental capabilities. He can handle a lot. So, uh, anyway, yeah, shout out to Javi, shout out to John Lynch talking about his young quarterback. How about this? Let's take it from the other side of this. What's Trey Lance like in the locker room? Um, this from Jordan Elliott on Twitter at splash cousin was there and asked Christian Watson, a former teammate of Trey Lance, what it was like to play with Lance in college and what type of a leader he was. This is what he had to say. For myself. So from your experience with him as a teammate, how would you describe Trey Lance as a leader? Uh, as a leader, I mean, he's, I just I just describe Trey Lance as, as that guy. Uh, I mean, he's a dude in everything that he does uh, on and off the field. Uh, I mean, he's a student of the game. Uh, he, everything he does is is uh, him trying to get better at, at you know being a man and, and being a football player. Uh, so, I mean, uh, Trey Lance is a dude. Myself. Trey Lance is a dude. Trey Lance is a every, dude. Every person I've spoken to on or off of the record when talking about Trey Lance has had nothing but like high praise from. Matter of fact, have you heard anyone say anything that could be even remotely close to uh maybe he's not that type of guy men- mentally, right? Everything. I mean, it, how often is that, right? Like a lot of times you might hear some kind of pushback or a report from a, a an anonymous scout where it's like, ah, well, he, you know, he's not this or he doesn't do this or, you know, oh, you need your guy to do... You you have not heard not one negative thing about his personality, about the way he cares himself, about his mannerism, aside from maybe Debo Samuel saying, well, yeah, you know, he still got to learn to be a pro. Yeah, but that, right. that's what's to be expected, a guy coming to the NFL in a totally new game, especially when it's not your locker room. Again, I keep going back to that. I think that's a huge part of his development as a rookie, kind of trying to find your way. And, you know, how much do I push? How much do I try to, you know, hey, guys, let's do this. Like, why are you talking to me? I've got to listen to Jimmy Garoppolo. He's the guy that's <laughs> getting me ready for the game. So, you know, I think that dynamic was weird. But outside of that, I have not heard one negative thing about the way he works, the way he carries himself, the person that he is, the kid that he is. Everything has been extremely positive. And I think that as well is it's just encouraging in a sense of him hopefully reaching the potential that the organization believes he can reach. I tell people he's everything we thought he was when we traded a lot to get him and more. And you know, I really believe that. Those were the comments John Beck. from John Beck, quarterback coach. No, 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 that's, that's not his comments. I mean, that was that was John Lynch. That's John Lynch, yeah. John Beck. But, remember John Beck when he talked about him. I mean, again, you can learn a lot about someone when they say things that they don't have to say. And John Beck talked about how 
yeah, you know, continue, he needs to continue to throw and stuff like that. But he was like, man, he kept me afterwards. When we get done, he'd want to stay back and do these things that, okay, I didn't get this quite right. Let me like drill this. Let me continue to drill this, you know? And you hear things like that. Like he, he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to say those things about Trey Lance. And I think those are things that's encouraging. That's why no matter where he was as a rookie, and obviously you want to see him take strides. I thought he took strides in the right direction. I knew or very confident that that is not what he's going to be. Where Whatever he is as a 20-year-old, 21-year-old kid is not where he's going to be by the time he's 24 years old. And it's just because of the, the way that he is and the things that he's made up of. So there are a lot of people that are going to doubt him because of the school he came from, the limited throws. Oh, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was hurt. Like, why didn't Trey Lance play? All those things. Just remember, two years from now, when he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, 49ers fans are happy that he's their quarterback. And it might take some time to get to that point, but I think he's going to hit the ground running. Quarterback coach, vacancy about John Beck there. Oh, yeah, that. That might be an issue. <laughs> John Beck, though. John Beck well, and he was with. I mean, he was with the Jets yeah. as an assistant coach. And currently, he's still listed as an assistant coach, offensive assistant. Now, you could say, hey, let's – if you if you want to bring him on as the quarterback coach, mm-hmm. then I bet bump. you could do that and kind of pluck him from the Jets. Kyle should I think Kyle has Trey Lance working with Beck because hey he can speak our language he understands what it is that I want you know obviously he was coached by me that's why he sent Trey Lance to him uh, pre draft that's why he's telling Trey Lance go work with him in L A. and uh, yeah hopefully they do you know bring him on somebody that is has a more personal relationship with Trey Lance now at this point understands him, understand how he works, what it, you know, takes as opposed to somebody who's, oh, well, I'm just a quarterback. I'm just doing my job. You know, I think sometimes with athletes, when you can kind of develop that personal relationship and understand different ways to get through to them and how they work, I think that that can really help a kid a lot, especially when you have a coach like Kyle Shanahan, who's a little bit throwback in the way he handles players. Absolutely. Yeah. Probably do worse at, at the quarterback coach spot than someone who already knows Trey, already knows Kyle, already knows the offense. And um, it'll be interesting. How do the 49ers fill out the rest of their staff and the beginning of the Trey Lance era? One little hurdle there first is trading away Jimmy Garoppolo. But there are some teams that are highly intrigued about Jimmy G. We'll see if that deal uh, maybe even happens at the combine. But I do think some dominoes need to happen first and some veteran quarterbacks need to no longer be on the market. Names like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson first, then that thing will really heat up and maybe there'll already be something, um, you know, ready to go for Jimmy G on the trade market. We'll find out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Players will actually start working out in the underwear Olympics. That is the NFL combine Thursday. Croc and I will uh, talk about the first group of players, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends that work out Thursday. When we go live Thursday night on the YouTube channel, check it out, hit subscribe, tell a friend about it. We appreciate you making us your first listen on the locked on podcast network your team every day for your second listen check out crock doing locked on nfl draft daily right here on the network check me out with my buddy matt williamson who is also in indianapolis right now doing the peacock and williamson nfl show talking about the entire league daily crock and i back tomorrow right here locked on 49ers